0: Hey everybody, it's Delara, the producer of C-Buzz, and I'm here with a quick special announcement before we get into today's show. We're going to be recording C-Buzz live in front of a studio audience on Friday, April 22nd. Dan Swartout will be sitting down with Matt Scantlin from Cover My Meds and we are super excited for this inaugural first live podcast recording at Grooveview Studios. It wouldn't be the same without you. So make sure you head over to columbus.org and click on events to claim your seat because space is limited. I'm expecting a lot of CBuzz alumni to be there, and I'll be there as well. And I really wanna make sure that you're there too. So I hope to see you on Friday, April 22nd, here in Columbus, Ohio at Grooveview Studios when we record our podcast live. See you later. Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. We bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners, and I'm your host, Dan Swartout. Today's story is brought to you by Rev1 Ventures. Rev1 Ventures is a seed stage venture development organization that combines investment capital and strategic services to help entrepreneurs build products people want and help build companies that succeed. Today we're talking with rob underhill from simple phil i'd like to welcome rob to the show rob thank you so much for being here hey thanks for having us rob tell us uh, and the listeners a little bit about simple phil your your idea your company the product that you have is fascinating to me and i think it's going to be fascinating to our listeners as well
1: well simple phil's mission is pretty simple um our uh, goal is to change the way America fuels its vehicles, and we want to do that with compressed natural gas. Um, compressed natural gas, as you may know, is a far uh, cleaner fuel than conventional fuels, gasoline or diesel. Right. You get the equivalent performance uh, from uh, natural gas, but there is an issue with natural gas uh, as a fuel, and that issue is that it needs to be compressed. Right. You know, at atmospheric conditions, natural gas doesn't isn't what we call energy dense. So, for instance, if you have a ten gallon tank of gasoline. Uh, the equivalent in natural gas would basically be an 11-foot cube. You can't drive around with an 11-foot cube on the back of your <laughs> <No>. your, your, <laughs> your, your, your car, right? So you, we need to compress it. And we compress it to a pretty high pressure, about 3,600 PSI. So um, our product... Um, That's pounds per square inch, right? Pounds per square inch. Great. I'm just putting
0: it out there for the lay people out there. Yeah,
1: no, thank you. So uh, our compressor is very different than the compressors that are used on the market today. Uh, We actually have licensed some technology from the Ohio State University. Um, And then our chief technical officer, who is Fabio Chiara, he came over from Ohio State and is working with us full time now. Our compressor uh, uses a liquid to compress the gas. Uh-huh. And um, we call that a liquid piston. And the liquid piston idea isn't in and of itself anything brand new. Um, it's been around for about 100 years or so. But we've come up with some t- technology that allows us to induct the liquid into the pressure vessel or the pressure cylinder in a way that we don't get lots of gas bubbles in the liquid. That um, it, it makes for a healthier running pump. And um, It's just an overall better system.
0: Now, I see a lot when I am involved or at special events, organizations like the Columbus Zoo, for example. I think they have a car or an automobile or a truck that says Mm -hmm. powered by clean natural gas. And Mm -hmm. you'll see these from time to time, but you don't see them very often, usually tied in with some sort of organization or event or specific company. Why don't we see more of those why is that rare now and what are you doing It's simple fill to take that from something you see only occasionally to something we might see more often on a grander scale
1: yeah no that's a great question and um uh, the industry has really struggled with this because of compression uh-huh. um, if you go out and install a let's say a, your normal filling station uh, size compressor uh, and the infrastructure associated with that, you're looking at probably a million to a million and a half dollars just for one gas station. Now, compare that to the equipment cost for a gasoline station. It's about $100,000 to $150,000. So you're talking in an order of magnitude greater.
0: You're going to have to sell a lot of extra Skittles to make you up that You are going to have
1: to. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You are. And um, it's just not really viable right and so you've got that and then on top of that you've got the the big three here in the united states that aren't going to convert their assembly lines over to cng if there aren't any places to refuel them so that's where simple fill comes in simple fills compressor is more affordable because we 90 percent of our compressor is made with off-the-shelf parts um not only that, we actually cool the gas while we're, we're uh, compressing it, which means that we get higher efficiency than your standard compressor. Um, and then the last thing that we do is we eliminate one of the major uh, equipment uh, pieces of equipment. It's a, a, a dehydration system mm-hmm. that's required. And because our liquid dehydrates the gas... We don't need that dehydration system. And that's really important for an automotive standpoint because you don't want wet gas. You you don't. It'll freeze up in your fuel lines or develop methane hydrates. And it's just bad from an automotive standpoint.
0: I don't know much of what you just said, but it sounds bad. I'm not going to lie. I don't want (laughs) methane hydrates. I don't want that. No, you
1: don't want that.
0: Part of what you're doing at Simple Phil. it has kind of a component of social good with we are outfitting these cars, this method of transportation with a cleaner way of doing. I think
1: at a basic level, we all want to make a difference Mm -hmm. in one way, shape or form. And, um, you know, for me, um, I want to make a difference in whatever I do. So if, if that means making a difference in my children's life, if that means making a difference in, uh, uh, you know, the business world, um, in my personal life, uh, with the relationship I have with my wife, whatever that is, I think we all want to make a difference. Right, right. And I've really sort of focused my life on that. How can I make a difference? How can I be, um, a positive agent of, of, of change, um, and so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, sh- certainly, I mean, it, 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 really guides my life.
0: And then you hook up with Rev1 Ventures. Can you tell us a little bit about how that process came about?
1: Yeah, well, um, the, first of all, um, I just want to say that Rev one is an incredible support organization right. for startups. Right. Um, we wouldn't be here. Having this conversation today, if it weren't for Rev One Ventures, said that how did we how did we hook up? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, um, in my prior uh, life uh, or uh, jobs, um, I had had some interaction with Rev One, uh-huh. and so I knew uh, what Rev One Ventures was about and what they were doing. Unfortunately, the timing didn't work out at the beginning really well for us because Rev One was going through a leadership change, and so. And we kind of got caught early on in that. But having said that, um, once Tom Walker and Wayne Embry got their feet underneath them and, and, and were moving things forward, um, they, they've they been a great asset, financial backing. Right. But I think more than that, um, which is really important, and actually um, um, especially given the stage that we're in, but they also provide – lots of different services. For instance, Concept Academy is a great example. Concept Academy is something that every Rev one Venture client has to go through, and it's basically validating the marketplace. Right, They want to make sure that um, your technology actually has a market that you can sell into. And and I have a, a saying that I really like. I mean, there are lots of technologies out in the world, uh-huh. right? but if you don't have a market, you don't have a product. There's a difference between technology and product. And that difference is there's a market to sell to it.
0: We've had a previous CBuzz guests talk about that process and that it can be a little bit harrowing. It can be a little bit nerve wracking to have somebody come and tell you straight up, this is a go, this is good, there's a market, or, hey, we love this idea conceptually, but mm. you're not going to sell it to anybody. Yeah. I mean, there must have been some serious nerves as you're going through that process. Well, we,
1: no, for us, there weren't, because we knew we had something. Okay. Um, so, the technology was developed at the Center for Automotive Research at Ohio State, and, uh, I mean, these guys have forgotten more about the automotive market than, you know, most people know. Uh-huh. And, and so we knew that there was a, a market out there. But we understood the challenges as well. So you were
0: super confident going into this process. You're like, we, we got this. Yeah, we,
1: we got this. But I, I will tell you, um, there was a woman that was sitting at my table, she and her um, significant other, and they had this idea uh, for this store. And um, they were going to, you know, take some money and they were going to invest it in this store and they thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, they started doing the, the market study on it. And what they found out is nobody cared. Right. Nobody wanted it. it, 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 it it's novel. Yeah. It, it, it sounds really cool. But there wasn't anything there. And, and for them, on the one hand... It was kind of tough to sit across from them and watch this, you know, sort of unfold and their dream is sort of fading and everything. But on the other hand, think what would have happened. Absolutely. If they would have gone and invested all this money and the thing would have just sunk. And their time
0: oh, and yeah. the, the yeah, primes yeah. of their lives yes. and yes,
1: the so consequences could have been
0: devastating on a multitude of levels.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really... Um, it, it was tough to watch, but also it, it, for them, it, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they look back on it now. It's like, wow, glad we didn't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is like some key piece of advice that you would pass on to the entrepreneurial community?
1: Yeah, I, I think first of all, uh, if you choose to become an entrepreneur, um, you need to surround yourself with people that believe in what you're doing and actually uh, you as a person, because you're going to need those people. Right. Um, this is not for the faint of heart and no. I'm not trying to, you know, pump myself up or anything, but I'll
0: do that for you, Rob. Yeah, the trial's it's not for the faint of heart. You <laughs> need the heart of Rob <laughs> Underhill. <laughs>
1: Thank you. But it, it, it's not, and you're going to need a support system um, when, you know, you have the black days Um, and you know, when you have the the great days, they're there to celebrate with. So I think that that's really, really, really important. Um, I I think the other thing is, is don't try to be the smartest person in the room. Yes. Um, Yes. You need people in order to make this work. You need to rely on other people's opinions and thoughts and ideas in order to, um, Achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve. If if you try to do it all by yourself, um, there might be some that, I'm not going to say it's never going to happen, but your, your chances of success, I think, increase significantly if you don't try to be the smartest person in the room and you try to collaborate with others. Um, because look, in a startup, it's not like corporate. Mm-hmm. In a startup, you're running a million miles an hour because you want to get to market as quickly as you possibly can. So, you know, the, the old adage, you know, two heads are better than one really applies in this case.
0: When you're moving so quickly.
1: Yes. I think the third thing is, um, choose your talent carefully. Um, it's easy to want to just go out and hire somebody and let's get somebody on board and, and let's choose your talent carefully. Um, it's your most important resource. Um, you know, I spend a lot of my time doing fundraising, um, and um, we oftentimes get fixated on how much money we need and how are we going to use that money, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you can have all the money in the world, but if your talent isn't aligned, isn't the right talent, then you've got a big problem.
0: Excellent advice, Rob Underhill, Simple Phil. Thank you so much for joining us on CBuzz. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Thank you very much for having us.
0: And thank you, everybody, for listening to C Buzz. I am Dan Swartout, your host. C Buzz is a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber CD 1025 and the Columbus Dispatch. C Buzz is produced by Delara Casey, engineering by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media, and the recording studio provided by Groove View. Thanks to our partners, Rev1 Ventures, for bringing us today's episodes, Rev1 Ventures, helping entrepreneurs build products people want and helping companies to succeed. But most of all, again, thank you so much for listening to us. We couldn't be here without you at c So thank you, and we'll catch you next time.